Oh, praise the Lord. Sister Shostrad, come ahead. Part two, Psalms 103. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Pastor, for the courtesy and the love you have shown in allowing me to show and feel with you how we worship the Lord when we're going through. I know of many of the stories in this congregation right now, and uh, I think probably there's not one family here that is not going through something right now. And we were talking about magnifying, making things bigger. You can make things bigger microscopically by putting a lens on the smallest part of your life, and that's what we started with when we started Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, you can probably say it with me. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. I want you to notice that before you can even be crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies, he didn't say, I came down on you and I loved you and I gave you gifts and things. He said, the first thing I did is forgive you so that you can get rid of guilt and shame and stop running from me. Then the second thing he said was, I'm going to heal the things that are wrong with you. David said, forgive me of my secret faults and forgive me of the things that I know. I would submit to you, even if you try through self-analysis and introspection and self-reflection, there's no way you can judge yourself appropriately. There is no way. You see yourself and I see myself one way and then the people around us see us another. And there's not a whole lot we can do about that. I can't change people's perception of me. But the Bible says, especially for people who have issues, and if you don't have any, then hallelujah, you're awesome. But these are the conditions that people come to God in because we're human. We come to God filled up with sins and iniquities and things we regret deeply that we can't change. We come to God with hang-ups. The Bible calls them diseases. They're internal, they affect the way we think. And usually, if a child will reveal to you what they're, by what they say, how they're thinking, you can correct it. But what about strong-willed people who will never tell you what they think because they don't want you to know how sick they are? And they hide their bad thinking and their inappropriate feelings by masking. Very dangerous. The Lord says, I know that, I can fix it. So when we bless the Lord for these things, and then he says, I'm going to redeem you from destruction because that's, that's the next thing. Now he has to do these three things before he can even be kind to us. Do you know why? Does it take God three dynamic moves before he finally decides, okay, now I'm going to love on you? Nope. It's because of the way we are. We are suspicious and untrusting and until God deals with our junk, he can't even reveal himself to be how kind and gracious he is. So he takes care of the iniquity and the disease and the destructive behavior. And then he says, now I can love you. Now let me be kind to you. It's amazing 
how few people know how to respond to kindness and mercy. First of all, the first thing most of us do is to be very suspicious because what do you want? And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus was perfect in every way and he was treated like an iniquitous, diseased, destructive human. He was treated like most of us expect to be treated for the stuff we've done. He didn't do any of it. And once we get a picture of him, because if you're full of this kind of stuff, it's very hard not to be centered on you. Everything is about me. Now, some people deal with their issues by working themselves to death. And they do good works and they keep themselves busy. That's so the voices in their heads and the diseases in their souls don't afflict them. And I'm telling you that being driven is not healthy, whether you are driven to exercise 10 hours a day or eat a teaspoon of food, or you are driven by an appetite that means you do absolutely nothing and gorge yourself. The same issue is driving both behaviors. And the Lord said, I just want to be kind to you. And he said, a crown. He said, I want you to wear my kindness and mercy on your head like a crown. When someone is kind and good to you, do you know what David said? David said, David said your gentleness has made me great. One of the things, I won't say it's Ohio, but I'm going to tell you something. The first couple times I went to Walmart and I heard how parents were talking to their little kids, there are times when I have to take my basket and go to the other side of the room. And I'll see a little old kid that's so worn out and people jerking him around. Oh, boy, I've come so close to, you know, to intervening. I'm going to have to start bringing candy because it's like that baby is so tired. That child is so hungry. Just kindness and tender mercies. And David said, you've been gentle with me, Lord. You didn't treat me like other people treat me. The way some people talk to one another, just absolutely, it crushes my soul because words matter. He said, I wanna satisfy your mouth with good things so that when you have feasted on me and my example, then what comes out of your mouth is what's been going into your mouth. Loving kindness, tender mercy, gentleness, goodness, meekness. It changes us when instead of seeing what's wrong with us, we start seeing what's right with him. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Then I, I came down to the verse that said, the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. I'm a witness of that. The Lord has done that for me before. And I know him. I know him to be a defender when I was defenseless. I the Lord has walked with me in some pretty frightening places as a child, as an adolescent, as a young adult, and then as a parent. God has walked me through some difficult places when people have been unkind. And then it's amazing. You say, I can't imagine that a view, a spectacular view, could change the way you feel. But there have been days in my life that were so difficult that I could barely, scarcely breathe going from one task to the next and all of a sudden hear a little bird sing. Just a little creature 
that is going to just drop dead, too cold, the neighborhood cat just singing to the top of her lungs, singing. Or a sunset, as if the Lord were letting me see things. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. And then the next verse says, he's merciful and gracious. Suddenly, my microscopic view of me has expanded to focus on him. And you know what? If you've never seen how merciful God is, then this is just like going, bala, bala, bala. But I have seen people that deserved serious punishment. I've seen them stand in front of a judge. There's a story, and Bishop will attest to it, a man who was definitely guilty. And between the commission of his crime and his experience before the judge, he had gotten the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name. And I don't know, I, I don't know all the details, but I know that he got down on his knees and he said, God, please, please let the judge be merciful to me. Now, he didn't do it with a microphone. He didn't do it in front of church and he didn't see it, let people see it. And he didn't get up and say it. He just got on his knees and asked the Lord. And that day, and I know my husband and I know the name of the judge, he walked in and he saw that man standing there, and the man said, Judge, would you please be merciful to me? And the judge said, This morning I got up and made up my mind that whoever came before my court and asked for mercy today, I was going to extend it. That man has gone on to be with the Lord. But that day, mercy and grace crossed paths in a courtroom when a man should have been sentenced and sent away. But the Lord is merciful, full of mercy and gracious. He doesn't look at us the way we look at each other or ourselves. To know that such perfection can overlook my inadequacies and faults and flaws does something to me. It'd be one thing if you overlook them. Many times a child will tell her mother, you only think I'm pretty because you're my mama. You only like me because you're my daddy. I want to know what other people think about me. But do you know what gracious is? Gracious is when you see what someone is and you choose to overlook it. You choose to say, I'm not going to count up and enumerate to you because I'm not the accuser. A lot of people confuse the voice of the devil with the voice of God. They feel accused. They feel judged. They have no idea that it's not coming from God. The voice of the accuser is to bring us down and demoralize us. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Next verse. He will not always chide. That means, yes, the Lord does correct. And the Old Testament is full of prophets who kept coming back to kings and telling them, stop what you're doing. Stop it. Quit it. Stop it. And I think a lot of times they viewed him like a nagging woman. And Ahab said, I'm not going to ask the prophet of the Lord because he never says anything good to me. Do you know why? Because Ahab was doing terrible, horrible things. And that old prophet that he hated and loathed was Ahab's opportunity to stop and turn around and save his own life. So often people that hear truth don't like the sound of it and they'd rather somebody tell them what they want to hear than what they need to know. 
but the Lord said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do you a service. I won't always stay on you. I'll give you some breathing room, and I'm not going to be angry with you forever, even if you are angry. And then he says, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. I have no right to stand here. If I think about my sins, if I think about my life, it's just too much, and I would just drop the mic and say, good luck, y'all, have fun. I am not equipped for this. But he didn't ask me to look at me. He said, turn your eyes on me and look. And the Bible says, while we behold him, bless the Lord, O my soul, we are changed into what we see. Think about that. What have you been watching lately? Do you want to become what you've been seeing? But the Bible says that when we look at him, we are transformed. And just keep your eyes on Jesus. Just keep your eyes, no matter what's going on in your immediate life, I'm going to lift him up. Next verse, we ended with this one, and I'm going to go to 12. And he says, as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy. And then he qualifies it toward them that fear him. Well, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. These are the ones that fear him, the ones that keep coming, that come when they don't have to, that come because they want to, because there's something drawing us something near so great is his mercy and then as far as the east is from the west why are we talking about sin again because when you begin to bless the lord unless you are completely dishonest with yourself if you're engaged in this song then you have to remember this is about remembering and honesty requires that i remember where i came from I'm sorry, I would love to tell you that the Holy Ghost is like spiritual Prozac, that if you get filled with the Holy Ghost enough, you will not deal with your life or your humanity. That is a lie because the truth is, Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind. So he lives in a day, and I think the reason he said it is because I think Paul never forgot that he held the coats of the people that stoned Stephen to death. I think it kept him tender. And I think that God allowed Saul, Paul to be afflicted by voices because he said there was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. And the messenger of Satan can tell you something as simple as you have an affliction in your body. If you go over there and you work in the kitchen, you're going to be sick and dog tired when you get home. It's true. It's a fact. But it's not the truth. And he said... I want you to know that I know your sin issues. I know when you transgress. Do you know what a transgression is? It's a trespass. Do you know what a trespass is? Go step on a piece of property that says no trespassing. What it means is you went a place you weren't supposed to go, you weren't invited, and you didn't have permission, and you left the remnants of your presence there. It's one thing to trespass against people, and we can trespass against one another enough that marriages will dissolve, and children will depart from their parents, and families will be ripped apart. But as I referred to this morning, it's another thing altogether when you're trespassing God. God is merciful. His mercy goes on and on. But we can do enough to each other that we crush one another to the ground. But he said, 
This is why you can never say, I could never forgive myself if I. The scripture says, confess your faults. It says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful. You know what that means? He's full of faith that that last confession you made is going to be good enough. And that if you will get up, he is faithful. You know how faithful he is? He knows how much power he has to transform us. So that every time we mess up, if we'll get up and fess up, he says, I am so powerful that if you are willing to get up and try again, I have the power to present you faultless and spotless when I come. Now, I don't have to drink or drug to face my own issues. I just get on my knees and plead the blood of Calvary. And you know what he does? He said, I love it. My mercy toward you. That means not getting what you deserve and getting what you don't deserve. He said, that's as high as heaven is from earth. But girl, I took everything you've been ashamed of. I removed it as far as the east is from the west. You can't find it because it's not there. Oh, lift your hands before the Lord right now. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Next verse. Now, this will bust you down because most of us, now we're going, now we're going deeper in a different direction. We started out with me and then we looked back behind us at Moses and the children and then we looked forward to his character and his mercy and his grace and now suddenly we're getting closer to his true character. We've seen heaven and earth. We've seen east to west. We've seen him as an amazing God that can do all things. And suddenly David just takes a gasp. You're like a father. You're like a father that's tender with little kids. That pitieth his children. So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Brother Matt, are you back there? And is that Sawyer with you? Okay, well pick up Ella and walk toward me. Do you know where Ella's been sitting, folks? She's been sitting on her daddy's knee. I've watched Matt. He won't mind me. He's got four children. That's a merciful man. At least once a month, one of those children. Wait a minute. Are they all back there? Well, come up here. All of you. I think Matt and Rachel know a little bit about mercy. I think they know a little bit about patience and they brought a friend with them tonight. I want you to look. Now I can't comprehend heaven to earth y'all and I can't comprehend east to west. But this I get as a father piteous his children. Matt, this is not about how Matt can overcome Jensen when he's playing with an arm wrestling or whatever. It's not about body slamming. It's not about showing how strong he is. He is strong enough to feel pity and compassion. Just come right over here. I want everybody to get a good look. How old are you, Reese? 
Nine. Nine years ago, he wasn't even here. How old are you, Jensen? Eight. How old are you, Ella? Five. How old are you, Sawyer? Eight months old. Like a father. Matt knows things that they don't know. And he's just keeping them close, clothing them, loving them. Look at the evidence of the love, the care with which they're dressed and provided for. Are you seeing? Thank you. Like a father pities his children. So the Lord pities them that fear him. He knows something they don't. He will still be here. They are not. Do you understand me? I want you to lift your hands and thank the Lord for his compassions. They fail not. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You may be seated. Let's give them a hand. Aren't they a beautiful family? A dad has to feel the compassion for his little boys and little girls. It makes him want to protect them. And there's mercy and kindness. Keep going. Why does the Lord feel it? Mm. He knows our frame. That means he already knows the first few verses of this psalm. The iniquities, already seen it. The diseases, knows all about it. The destructive behavior, very well aware. Knew it before we were conceived and still has compassion. Why? He remembers. He remembers we're mortal. He adjusts his expectations to our mortality. Who's got time for that? The Alpha and the Omega. Would you lift your hands? The Lord is in the room. How he cares for each individual here. He remembers that we're dust. Next verse. Now this is where we start getting telescopic. He showed us God's like a dad. And then suddenly he enlarges the view. This will take your breath away. Because he leaves a father and his children and he tells the truth. It's just a little bit like a knife in my gut. Doesn't take much to make me cry anyway. David, rip me some clean under my chair. He said, I've got to tell you the truth. As for man, his days are like grass. I don't like to read this often. You know, you know how grass is? As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. I've been watching flowers of the field flourish. One cold snap. I'm going to tell you something else. Put up the next verse. The wind. Just the wind. The wind. Just a natural occurrence can take us down. That's how fragile we are. The wind passes over it and we're gone. And the place where it was, we'll know it no more. Because once it's gone, it's gone and done. 
That's sobering. Why are you saying that to me tonight? Because I want you to look at the next verse. That verse sets up this one. But the mercy of the Lord. Ooh. Mercy. We're back to that again. He said, yes, look at it. Go ahead and look. Everybody's mortal. Everybody's got to go. But let me tell you what never goes. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. If you fear the Lord right now, you have opened heaven's treasure to everlasting mercy. You say, I can't go through this trial. I can't go through this test. But God has given you access to something eternal beyond your lifespan, beyond your ability, beyond your ask or think, exceeding abundantly. His everlasting mercy goes on and on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. If you're not doing wrong, this may not mean anything to you, but I'm going to be honest with you. I need mercy every single day, and sometimes I need it all day long. I need help every day of my life to deal with just my own nature, not to mention the wind that is blowing across the field of my life and the threatening things that come my direction. But I want you to know David also stopped and said, What about my kids? Now we're getting the telescope. I'm moving back from my life. I'm in relationship with people. What about them? What's going to happen to my children when I'm gone? He said, his mercy is everlasting to everlasting on them that fear him. He said, you fear me. And because you fear me, I'm going to extend my righteousness to your children's children. You can't get a promise from the U.S. government that a generation from now your kids will be done right because you serve God but it's written right here in this book because bless the Lord oh my soul because I love him he's already in my future I feel like we need to lift our hands again. Don't you know the Lord knows how you feel about your own children and grandchildren? He's moved. Next verse. To such as keep his covenant. I'm one of those such. And now I know I'm 63, but I'm holding the door open for two little girls. One has fallen asleep. She's oblivious and unaware of the things I know in the same way that Matt's children and Rachel's children are also oblivious that their parents know some things. And the Lord is overshadowing all of us. And so suddenly the picture gets bigger and I leave my own little tiny life. And God has let me peek into the future of children's children and said, Janice, I will remember to be merciful to them because of your love and reverence to me. Verse 19, all of a sudden, now we've gotten larger. 
We've taken our telescope and we've gone into the future. We've gone to children's children, but now we're going into what about the world? What about the nations? What about all the things that are coming? Because this is a natural progression of the way we think. We started with me and then I started thinking about the people behind me and then I started thinking about the people before me and then I was overwhelmed by my sins again and he said, I've removed those. My mercy is to you. I pity you like a father pities a child just remember that and while I'm rejoicing on that now go to that verse before go to 18 what does 18 say to such as keep his covenant and then my mind goes yes but they're living in a wicked world we've seen what governments do to believers and David said I'm going to address that too because while David was blessing the Lord the Lord was blessing David he was saying David you're looking at your life through a pinhole let me show you how big I am I know you're XYZ number of years old and I know you've got all these issues let me heal your issues let me be good to you and then let me show you what I can do and suddenly the view gets enormous okay to such as keep his covenant I know if we keep your covenant but what's going to happen to us in a world that doesn't love you. Bam! Verse 19. The Lord prepared his throne in the heavens. This is not a vote for me kind of God. This is not a we get elected every four years. I'm telling you nations come and go. Empires come and go. Kings come and go. But the Lord's throne is not in earth. It is in heaven. And his kingdom has the final say. I need somebody to stand to their feet and just begin to bless the Lord for that. What are you saying? It doesn't matter what the government's going to do. It doesn't matter what the nations are going to do. Nobody's more powerful than the omnipotent, the omniscient, the all-knowing. Hallelujah. The omnipresent. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You may be seated. Now suddenly, I'm out in the universe. I've left the globe. And now I'm seeing something I've never seen before. There are angels. I wonder what David felt like when he was singing this song and suddenly, you've got angels. I have never seen an angel in my life. But you know what they excel in? Strength. He said these creatures that God made, they have amazing strength. And not only that, they do his commandments and look how they do it. They listen. You would think the word, they listen to the word, right? Mm-mm. They are acquainted with the sound of his voice. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. You can tell when he's talking. His voice has a sound. It's encouraging. It's warm. It's strong. It's uplifting. It gives you hope and peace when he speaks versus everything else. Nothing sounds like him. And everything is less in eminence to his voice. 
Verse 21. Then he said, there's more than just angels. There's a host. Not just one host. There are plural hosts. You can't see them in this room right now. But Paul said, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And Revelation said, there is a number that no man... I can go to a million. I can comprehend a billion. It would take me a while to count that much. But he said... He's got hosts, thousands upon thousands upon thousands. We are not a minority. We just feel like one. Bless the Lord. So David said, it's not just me. I'm not by myself. There are angels. And they listen. They listen to him. He's got a voice. And they hear his voice. And whoa, he's got hosts. And he's got ministers, servants. And you know how they serve? You know what makes them serve? You know what their motive for their service is? They're not asking for credentials. They're not asking for stars. They're not asking for recognition. It's just like, what can I do to please you today? Wow. Even the little girl at McDonald's that says, have a good day. She's getting paid to stand there. These people these ministers of his cannot wait to please him. Next verse. Oh, my word. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Now, you could just go, wow. He means everything. Except there's a little punctuation mark that makes me pause. It's a colon. A colon says what's coming next is going to explain what came before. He said, bless the Lord, all his works. I think he stopped and said, I'm a piece of work. I'm a work. I'm a work. He's making, I'm, he's making me something. Me. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. We started with my soul. When I'm thinking of him and I think I'm doing that on my own, he created that in me, that ability to hear the sound of his voice. Do you know what gives him so much pleasure? Just like a parent who stands in front of a baby and says over and over again, Mama. Mama, 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 and then suddenly, what has been going in comes out. Mama, woo! And then, of course, there is the moment when the man is saying, da, 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 da. And that baby says, mama. <laughs> but you know what it is? I've been saying these things over you all this time so you would talk back to me in my language. The gift of the Holy Ghost, this unknown tongue, is things that I don't understand when he's speaking to me. But I'll tell you how I know the Holy Ghost is working on me when what comes out of my mouth in English sounds like a repetition of what I've been reading in that book. And I'm not just quoting it. The Lord is with us. 
Be strong. Be courageous. Where'd you get that? Mama, mama, repeat after me. Dada, dada, until finally it clicks. And David looked down and said, I am all his works. Does he have dominion in my mind? I've been thinking about him since verse 1. Does he have dominion in my heart? I'm so overwhelmed because I'm feeling and seeing things that are exciting me. I didn't know all this before. I've just read Psalms 103. I didn't know we were going to start with a microscope and wind up with a telescope and then come back. I'm changed. When I began this psalm, all I could see was my iniquity, my disease, my transgressions, my self-destructive behavior. But by the time I got done, he did a work on me. Now, I asked this choir to stay up here because we've been practicing a song. And you know my precious son-in-law has been going through a thing. It's been something. We're on a journey. I make him tell me almost every day, sometimes two and three times, don't grin. How do you feel? Scale of one to five, because 10 gives him too much leeway and five nails it. How are you doing? I'll go away and pray for him. I don't want anything to happen to any of us. But this song says, Jaira, you are enough. Before we know the outcome, I asked him to sing it tonight. I said, David, I want you to, we're going to sing this tonight. And you know that Sheena would have surgery on her knee this week. It's just been a week. I'm not going to magnify it, though, because I've already been out in the outer space in Psalms 103, and I've seen the past, Moses and the children of Israel, the present, bless the Lord on my soul, and the future from everlasting to everlasting. I hope you've taken that journey with me because at the end of the day, there were thousands of people that followed Jesus and were more interested in a sandwich than they were in mortality. More interested in fix my eyes when what's standing next to them, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. I don't even know what to ask him for anymore. I'm just like basking, it's enough that you have let me know you at the age of 63. I should have never even known you had you not opened my eyes. I want you to close yours. Lord, we feel your presence here. We have had a prayer list that's been going on forever. We don't know how you're going to answer. Thank you for love, Deason, Brother Tim, and Brother Tracy. These are treasures, how we treasure them. We know you hear prayer even when we're asking for a test that we can't get, and you move the date. But you didn't change the reason we asked for it to begin with. You are Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. And right now we just let go of all our needs and demands and requests to celebrate you and your amazing ability to take us from the smallest picture out into eternity where mercy goes on and on and on and on. You're amazing. You're amazing.